Rick van Bruggen from Near4j, and here we are recording a, another special edition, I would call it, of a podcast series that we've been doing over the past uh, month or so. It's the Graph Value um, podcast series, and uh, of course, I have my wonderful partner in crime on the other side of this Zoom call, and that's Stefan. Hi, Stefan. Good morning. Hello and good morning, Rick. Uh, nice to be back. Uh, today I'm off traveling, so I am recording from uh, the Manway office this time. So nice, nice to see colleagues again. Uh, exactly. Super good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a little bit of a special occasion this morning, right? Because we're going to be talking a Is little bit of an birthday? unplanned... Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Is it my birthday? No, it's joking. not your birthday. It's a little bit of a special occasion because we didn't plan for this session really to happen this quickly uh, after the Graph Value series. We really uh, you know, wanted to uh, basically um, wrap that up. But um, I think it was two weeks ago or something like that, Neo4j, together with the analyst firm Forrester Research, published a really interesting study that I think both of us really thought was so relevant to this series, right? Um, so yeah. this is the total economic impact study that uh, Forrester did. Uh, it basically assesses the impact of a Neo4j graph data platform implementation based on some objective data. Um, I'm assuming you've read it, Stefan. Yes, actually for once I did read it. Uh, I was uh, like, super kind of, you know, energized about reading it. Uh, also, a lot of the reasons why I joined Neo4j a couple of years ago uh, were in there as well. So um, I think it's a very, very good study. Of course, uh, it is uh, in collaboration with us. So it, mm -hmm. it would yeah, be weird if I did not like it or we had to do a lot better. Uh, yeah, which we always can, but I, I think it's a good, uh, really good study. Yeah, so, so to give a little bit more context here, this is a commission study, right? So it's something that uh, we asked uh, our friends at Forrester to analyze. And, you know, ob obviously that doesn't really make it a 100% objective, peer-reviewed type of uh, study. It's a little bit different from that, but it's still really kind of um, it's a lot more objective than if a vendor <laughs> uh, would publish something like this themselves right um, yeah. but there's a couple of things that I wanted to highlight and, and I wonder what your thoughts on this uh, uh, did you did you see the, the the people that they interviewed I mean obviously it's anonymous but there is a section about the profiles of the people that yeah. they interviewed did you see that yeah first of all it was just such a great mix of the people that we work with, right? Uh, everything from a data architect, uh, some um, senior software engineer, chief architect, and uh, some sort of principal architect, and also yeah. spanning across uh, verticals, right? Uh, banking, software, nonprofit, financial services, and so And I think that is also kind of a cool reflection. Uh, did you pick up anything uh, on that topic, by the way? I did. You know, I, I think it's, you know, what, what's fascinating here is it's a study about the economic impact, uh, right? And what yeah. these guys did, and it's actually something that we touched on in the Graph Value series uh, in quite a bit yeah. of detail, they started talking to the practitioners, right? So they didn't talk to like the business owners, right? No, no, yeah. they talked to the practitioners and then they went through this entire exercise of peeling the onion, of really trying to understand, okay, 
you as a practitioner must really see the value of this uh, graph data platform, but help us understand what the economic impact is. And they went through that journey, right? And that's why I thought it was such a relevant thing to follow up on on the graph value series, because, you know, that's what we've been talking about. It's, you know, taking them through that journey, taking them through that quest for graph value to better understand, you know, what is the economic impact, the quantifiable business value of a graph data platform. It's exactly that, you know? Yes. So I did pick something up, Stefan. (laughs) No, no, but it's. Uh, I, I was just thinking the same. So it's. It is almost felt like when seeing this, I was like, "What are you doing, Forrester? Do you know what me and Rick did here?" Because it's exactly those kind of things, right? And yeah. and taking that leap and covering a lot of these topics that we talked about, making the most uh, unquantifiable thing as you know the most fluffy buzzword around, most likely. And I'm not talking about uh, blockchain this time. Uh, I'm talking about digital transformation right what is it how do you do it uh, and I know these companies because that's also a lot of what I actually previously did in in my career working with change management and trying to help organizations go from you know the McKinsey kind of report into rather start doing differently uh, for for you that uh, know uh, me and my sessions you may uh, remember the one in Amsterdam when I talked about the Joda yeah. do uh, and there is there is no try just do right so that classical thing like by starting doing differently we will also start thinking differently so we're gonna actually stop we, we can't on one say say we should not be a siloed organization and then run all our data in silos mm-hmm. because the artifacts and the tools also shape our thinking so i think that was kind of super cool uh, breaking it down uh, as well yeah you know i, I mean we always think of i mean when a, when, a, when a user or a customer approaches us and, and talks about, you know, why do we want to consider a graph data platform? I, it always boils down to these three things. You know, it's a very intuitive platform. It's a very flexible platform and it's a very fast platform. You know, that's kind of like the summary, right? But then to quantify that, you know, to make that really, really specific, I, the, the TEI study, I think, is really interesting there because it succeeds in taking those practitioners by the hand and then saying, okay, we're going to make these things quantifiable. And, and what they end up with very often is is either uh, a speed in development time, you know, it's, it's, it takes less time to develop a piece of software and a particular application, and, you know, efficiency, you know, we can run this a little bit more efficient or much more efficient uh, with fewer hardware, fewer operating costs, you know, those types of things. But they really succeed in, you know, making those unquantifiable high-level buzzwords very specific. And I, I really... I really love it, in spite of the fact that it's um, by no means perfect. You know, I think, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the, 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 this is really one of the fascinating things about this entire quest and this entire discussion. You know, this is not a perfect study. It's, it's far from it. You know, I, I would, I would, it has a, it's not zero or one, you know, it's not black or white. It's a lot what? of gray, you know. What? Binary, what happened? I, I cannot handle this. No, I'm joking. Yes, you can. No, yeah. Yes, you can. Yes, and as we learned. <laughs> yes. But I think this whole idea of the, the binary thing, right? Especially how it's uh, within practitioner, within the data field, how it's like overly a way of thinking. Uh, it's so often that it happens at work. So then it's also, of course, then rewrite the way we think. And um, Yoda 
everyone that knows me know how much I like to talk about these mental models, right? So I think this is such an interesting thing because it forces us to go out of that box and look upon the space in between. And I usually um, say my my worst uh, favorite quote, uh, if that's a phrase you can use, uh, from Hans Rusling when he once said, like, I am right and you are wrong, making it very binary. But think of that. Would you ever change your mind by somebody basically bullying you and saying you're wrong and they're superior to you? Yeah, that's yeah. that's not gonna really change anything. So not going to change, yeah. So stay in these kind of, you know, how can we talk about these hard things or how can we stay in this ambiguity space and, and understand it and, and thinking I, about yeah. When, I, when I read the PEI study, I mean I it kind of dawned on me a little bit and I think I, I knew this already that um you know, there's a lot, of, and we talked about this in the in the, this podcast series as well. The practitioners, you know, the the technical folks that love Neo4j and, and the graph approach to to data problems uh, so much, they have some kind of like an inherent hesitancy or friction, where they they don't want to get started on these uh, quantitative economic uh, evaluation studies. Uh, and I think it might be what might be contributing to that is the fact that it's never going to be perfect. You know, it's it's yeah. you know if you're a technical person, you like zeros and ones. You know, you're you like yeah. you like binary things. You know, and this by definition cannot be binary. It's going to be gray. You know, and uh, and and I think that's maybe a source of friction, a source of of you know reason why why people don't want to get started with it and it's also what i think is one of the key takeaways for me and for for us and for our community uh on this 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 quest is that yeah. we, we need to <clears throat> we need to love the gray you know we need to love the yeah. uh the non-binary yeah. stuff you know um no, not no, just totally. not just in this domain right it's it's you can you you it's you a actually, life thing yeah, yeah. It's a, human it's a life thing, thing right? Yeah. It's a human yeah. thing, right? And uh, looking back even to, to the great book of algorithms, as I call it, the Bible, if you live in a country <laughs> where Christianity exists, uh, you can do it with any other religion, I guess. It's a set of rules on how to behave. And the good part with these things are that it just removes those binary things because... Uh, let's do a tragical example. Uh, I have a kid and the kid dies. I don't have a kid and it hasn't died, but this is just an example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it would be a hard thing. Why did this happen? This wasn't fair. But then it's very easy to make it very binary because it was the will of God, right? It removes that friction mm. of uncertainty, ambiguity, and that space where you need to are forced to handle these things. It makes it into these kind of binary things. And looking upon society and uh, in, in the rear view mirror, hopefully, touch on wood, um, yeah. with COVID, I mean, uh, we spent almost two years um, uh, in front of Zoom calls, not meeting with people, not working as usual, as, as human has evolved over time. And yep. we see a lot uh, in these on, on how we behave and how we start to adapt basically the, the conversational style of any messenger or kind of, you know, commenting behavior. It's it's a very binary approach. So I think uh, it's not only the practitioner, even if they would most likely understand that they are in that sense, but it's a very, very human thing. Uh, so I think uh, it's a tricky thing for, for all of us. Uh, 
But as you said, uh, we need to spend more time in the gray, and we're not talking about 50 shades of gray here. <laughs> well, you know, on that bombshell, <laughs> there's, uh, there's uh, lots of uh, lessons to be learned here. Uh, I think the Forrester study is super relevant, and, and there's a lot of, um, you know, important... Um, data in there but there's also a number of important lessons in there uh, I would highly recommend that all of our uh, listeners and, and readers uh, take a look at it and obviously we'll link it in uh, in the show notes um, but for now I think we'll wrap up and uh, I want to thank you Stefan for taking the time to discuss this with me and also share those wonderful life lessons. Uh, life lessons uh, <laughs> from, a from a crazy person. <laughs> no, but I think, uh, uh, just going to second that, just read it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, one thing that it actually handles that again, and I cannot even stress this enough, is this, how digital transformation can actually be fun yeah. as well as you save money and time, right? It's, it's just like mind-blowing, right? It doesn't have to be fluffy. It doesn't have to be hard. It can be super fun. And you can also save money, which is yep, kind of why absolutely. I fell in love with Neo. So with 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 the love of Neo, I think that's a good way to, to end this call. So exactly. nice, nice talking to you and see you soon, my friend. Talk to you soon, Stefan. Have a good one. Bye.